I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. So, hey, welcome back to another edition of Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan and very happy to be here with my lovely wife. Brenda Bryan. Hi, Brenda Bryan. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? <laughs> Great. I haven't said anything funny yet, and you're laughing. No, no, because I was just, I, I said, I came in earlier today and said hi to Meryl, and um, I said, how are you doing? And you answered, I'm awesome. I said, I'm not talking to you, because I always know what your answer's <laughs> going to be. Your answer's going to be, I'm awesome, because you're the howdly-doodly guy. Would you really like, be married to, like, no, a, mo a mopey guy? I do not want to be married to a mopey guy okay, at cause, all. Because you screwed up if you want to marry a mopey but guy. But it just, I'm not that it, guy. It, makes me, it makes me laugh. And, and literally, and I've said this before in the podcast, is that, you know, if Dave comes home and, you know, I say, how are you doing? Okay. Oh. Oh, the world is ending. Right? <laughs> like, get the bunker ready. Because <laughs> it's not okay when Dave's okay? Dave is not okay when Dave's just okay. <laughs> he has to be awesome, fantastic, super fantastic. You know, any of those things is like a baseline for you. When you drop to okay, it's not, it's not good. Yeah. So... Uh... Well, so there you go. But that doesn't happen often, thankfully. I'm very, no, no. very fortunate that no, we're I, I'm also grateful. So, uh, so let's jump in. We want to talk about um, some maintenance-related topics. And actually, um, it just came to me because I actually had a brief appointment with uh, some folks last night that made me realize we can dovetail this into another topic around home inspections, mm. right? Um, and uh, and so we were out for our evening walk after dinner and noticed that there was a home whose roof is terrible was in dire need of replacement yeah. right and, now, and the your average person should be able to look at that roof and think hmm they probably need a new roof right right so we're going to talk about the less just obvious ways the less blatant ones where anybody right. walks by and any inexperienced person would go that doesn't seem to look right yeah right and so you, so you when we were looking at that roof what were we seeing that was especially egregious well so interestingly in that particular case that roof was a a cedar shake roof which is rare right mm -hmm. you don't see that a lot most roofs are asphalt based shingle type or mm -hmm. fiberglass shingle type roofs um and that particular roof was wooden shingles and it the roof was covered in moss and um and it was supporting like a whole ecosystem yeah, right it was. and um, and so that's a problem in itself. And, it, you know, it's just, it was just way past its usable life. You could see where shingles had been missing. You could see where sing shingles had broken off. It looked uh, like there were areas that were just like right over Almost down to sheathing, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, and that's a really important thing, I think, because um, I was at an appointment last night. I don't often do this. It was actually a, a, a new neighbor of ours. Uh, that's not my job anymore to go out and visit projects. But, but I was on this particular project. And uh, the house had been flipped, and um, and that's that's got some baggage in it as well, right? That's that's actually a whole probably separate story, separate show we could talk about, yeah. right? 
Um, and it ties directly into this idea of home inspections. So but everybody it, knows what flipping is. Yes. Well, let's, maybe not. Right. So, so, so when you buy a house with the intent of just, you know, dolling it up, making it look good, and then and then selling it as soon thereafter, you're not going to live in it. It's really just an investment. Property. Yeah, and there's all varying degrees of flips. Like you can make, you can just basically, you know, deal with the superficial and aesthetic mm -hmm. kind of things, or you know, you may put a second story on a house that you see potential, and you turn it from from a ranch to a colonial, and you then resell it. Or mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of flips. But regardless, um, you know, the buyer of a flipped house needs to beware, mm -hmm. right? In most cases, and uh, and so. But let's just switch back on the roofing side of things, right? So the thing that made me think about this was because in that particular house that was flipped, uh, the the flipper actually had stripped the roof off mm -hmm. and then re-roofed the house. Not a problem. Not a problem. Put, it, put an architectural, nice quality shingle on. But what I then realized was a problem is I stuck my head up in the garage where there had been significant um, rot at the lower level of the garage. Um, and stuck my head up there and real and noticed that there was significant rot at the eaves in other words where the where the wall meets the gable end of the building right. there was significant rot which meant that the previous roof had failed um, early mm -hmm. right or not even early the previous roof had failed was allowed to stay on in a sort of failing state which then let water get into the sheathing uh, and the water stays in the sheathing and the sheathing being the the, the boards underneath the roofing and the, the, what that really does is when the water when the water saturates the wood and makes the wood soft, it makes it more susceptible to uh, insects because the water's the, because the wood's then easier to chew, right? Right, easier to eat, and uh, and so and and then the, you know in this particular case on that flipped house, uh, the the flipper made the choice to actually roof over the rotted sheathing instead of instead like, of replace the sheathing, the sheathing. and yeah. put fresh material in like should have been done um, and so so my point being that um, you know when you make a choice if your roofing is questionable or getting to be sketchy and you make a choice to defer the replacement of that and say well it's not that bad or whatever you don't necessarily appreciate what's happening behind the scenes yeah. right because and you're um, just increasing your costs, right? Like people people say, oh, I'm not going to do that this year because I don't have the money. Well, right. you're going to need at least that much money and more because you've let it go for another two or three years or e four years. Exactly. And a failing roof does not always manifest in visible uh, problems. Like you don't always end up with stains in your ceiling, mm. right? It, a failing roof can fail in a way where all it's letting happen is the sheathing getting wet, mm -hmm. right? And and then eventually the sun comes out and the sheathing dries and that process repeats itself over and over again and maybe it never gets bad enough so that there's Leaks stains in the house. ceiling, yeah. right? Uh, but you've, you're allowing a, a, a bad thing to happen and you are absolutely increasing your ultimate cost when mm -hmm. all is said and done, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's just a bunch... It, if there is one area to ensure that you want to make perform well, like so, if your siding is in bad condition or you haven't painted recently and and it's getting dried and cracked or whatever, you know that's more aesthetic than it is practical, mm -hmm. right? The roofing side of the deal, it's aesthetic obviously as well because you know a, a clean, good-looking roof is desirable, but it's way way more about protecting your asset because mm -hmm. as that roof starts to fail. Um, you're getting you're, you're mounting expenses, right? right? Now, what what are the telltale signs of a failing roof? Right. So let's go with what makes up ninety percent of the marketplace, which is a typical asphalt-based shingle, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
so asphalt shingles come in a lot of different ways and from a very basic what they call a three tab sort of a low-end builder grade all the way up to a laminated shingle uh, that is they also call an architectural shingle right mm -hmm. and Essentially, uh, shingle weight has a lot to do with it. So uh, they they look at shingle weight basically because they get thicker and they put mm -hmm. more material in, right? Mm -hmm. And the thinner the thinner shingles dry out faster and have a shorter wear life, mm -hmm. right? And then and which is so, why they're considered builder grade. So there may be right. like a, a twenty year shingle a 20, as opposed to a right. forty year shingle. Right. And when they talk about years of shingle wear, you know that's uh, there's a lot of variables mm -hmm. that play into it, mm -hmm. but they use that. Uh, as a baseline to sort of talk about where your price point is. Mm -hmm. and But can, can you guarantee yourself 20 years out of 20-year shingle? Absolutely not, right? Mm -hmm. So some of that depends well, on... I was going to say, because we have an architectural shingle on our house at home, and we've been there 22 years, and it's, it's well, getting but, to a point where it's so, it, we're getting close to needing to replace it. But so this is interesting, right? So on, on much of the roof, mm -hmm. especially the steep slope roofs, the shingles are fine, mm -hmm. right? It's on the lower sloped areas where, in our mm -hmm. case, we have a couple mm -hmm. of dormers. Or the eaves. Or the eaves. Yep. Yeah. The lower the, the lower slope roofs um, and on the southern elevations, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, so the southern exposure far and away takes the most abuse, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you combine a southern exposure with a low sloping roof, it also takes the most abuse, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. that, so that, that one variable accelerates the aging process of that roof, mm -hmm. right? And so what you start to see... Um, especially in an older three-tab roof, which which makes it much, much easier. The three-tab roofs, meaning that one shingle actually has like three, they're called tabs. I don't know how better, how better to define that. It just that, looks but. like, it looks when it's installed like three individual pieces, but yeah. it's actually yeah. one large piece of roofing. Right, and, and so those are easy to see when they're failing because the gaps between the tabs get wider because the mm -hmm. shingles are shrinking. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the first stage of aging. And the next stage of aging is the edges of the tabs start curl. to curl up, yeah. right? So they start to curl up and lift. Um, and, and that actually is not making it not waterproof, but it's telling you mm -hmm. that it's on the Getting way, time, right? right. And, and the way the asphalt shingles are, are made is they're impregnated with sort of a, a granular surface. And the granular surface is the wear surface, mm -hmm. right? And so it, it's the asphalt base itself that actually stops the water right but it's the it's the granular surface that sort of protects it from the elements mm -hmm. and over the course of time as the shingles get older they expand they contract all the time the that granular, granular just comes off you find it in your gutters right yeah or if you were if you were sort of anal about it you could find it at the edges of the perimeter of the property mm -hmm. if you could, if you mm -hmm. could see it right if it wasn't falling it's like down a very right. fine gravel basically, right is what it looks like. and that's also an indicator that you're losing some of the uh, the weather resistance mm -hmm. of the shingle, right? So first you're looking for shrinkage to say, okay, is it about time to, uh, to, to replace? And then curling and cupping. It is on, these, on the architectural shingles, which became popular and heavily used, let's say, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. They started getting used a lot, maybe even a little more. Um, those are, because they are uh, a laminated or a built-up shingle, um, they are harder to see. The problems, right? Mm -hmm. You you can't because can, it's thicker, so you don't get the cupping and the curling. It's thicker. Like you, you don't on you, the thinner right, shingles, yeah. right? And you don't actually have like individual tabs that show up mm -hmm. that that sort of um, make it more obvious. Uh, but once again, you're looking for sort of okay, uh, the granules are missing or starting to fail or uh, or you know you can you can see some shrinkage and occasionally you'll see a shingle come off or whatever. Um, so and, so here's a question yep. for you. Um, I do notice that where we have um, a, a valley, 
in yep. the in the roof. Obviously, you got a lot of leaves building up, and you have to clean that out. I, right now, we came back from our time away, and um, I realized there was a bunch of leaves in one area where this valley was, and uh, a green plant growing up, <laughs> seemingly from the gutter, but it's doing quite well considering how dry it's been. It looked quite healthy up yep. there. Um, and I, and I've also seen a lot of roofs with like, you know, moss growing sure, on them sure. and, and especially on the, the Northern sides where moss tends to grow. Or lichen. Right. Yep. Is, is that obviously it feels like that's indicative of an issue. So it's probably not actually like in the, 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 the accumulation of, uh, of, of material in the valleys is just a design. Right, mm-hmm. whether the roof shingles were brand new or not, that the 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 leaves and the 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 stuff that accumulates in the valleys would still happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the question, though, is when that stuff sits in the valley, it traps moisture, and that could help mm. um, end up increasing the degradation of the shingles. Sure. Right. Um, and uh, and so that's a yeah. And there's companies that offer uh, roof cleaning as well to get rid of some of the stuff like you were talking. Sure. And you can see. Again, the truth of the matter is, in my opinion, uh, and probably roof cleaners don't appreciate this, but uh, <laughs> the the roof cleaning side, that really ends up being a purely aesthetic thing. Your mm-hmm. roof is not failing faster because of the stuff that's on your roof, okay. right, um, mm-hmm. in general. So, um, you know, and if anything, the cleaning of the roof, if you lose granules in that process, you're probably accelerating the ultimate demise. You might have a cleaner roof, but it probably is not it lasting. It makes quicker. it, yeah, it's yeah, making it that's, quicker, right? You know, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm sure that roof cleaning companies can come up with marketing material that would say the opposite, but mm-hmm. that's just my opinion and experience, right? So, um, so anyway, as you, uh, that's what you you want to be looking around and and you know get to a place where you can can see uh, that if your roof is starting to look tired, and preferably not from the ground, you kind of need to get up there, mm-hmm. right? And and it doesn't, you'll know um, when you're at that place. Uh, the, because you'll start to see it, and, and maybe even you'll see it where there's flashing and it's pulling away from the flashing. You'll see, you know, different details that are causing problems. So that's a big, big deal. And I would encourage you not to like a lot of folks would be like, well, I'd rather spend that money on something that Fun. we can enjoy, like a patio or, right. a, or a vacation or a, or, a, or a shed or a hot tub or a vacation or whatever. That's not sort of responsible because it's ultimately going to become an expense you can't defer mm-hmm. and a bigger expense you can't defer down. And maybe cause damage, right? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, that's uh, you know I think a bunch about roofing, but I can't tell you uh, you know. And by the way, most roofers, if you hire a roofer, first of all, you can go over. You can actually roof again on top of a roof. Mm-hmm. Code allows for that to happen. In in, in some areas, you can actually put. Two layers on top, That's right? Shocking. So, yeah. um, because and the thing to be mindful about that is roofing is heavy, yeah. right? Um, and, and roofing is sold by the square, which is what they what they yeah, call the quantity. Yeah, it is really heavy. I've had to move some, and yeah. it's not very fun. And a square uh, roofing is what you would expect is a hundred square feet, so mm-hmm. a ten by ten area. Mm-hmm. And roofing is rated by how much. Uh, it's, in some cases, roofing is rated by how much it weighs per hundred square feet mm-hmm. or per square. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sold in either three bundles or four bundles per square. And it, when you have a three bundle square, each one of those bundles is heavy, right? So when you see guys that are roofing houses, yeah, those are strong people. They are they are working. They are hard working people, yeah. right? Because it's it's grueling work. But my point in bringing that up is uh, that you these you should. I I am not a believer in roofing over. 
right? It, it, even if you have a rental property and you're trying to do the least, the cheapest thing, or you're flipping and you're trying to do the cheapest thing, strip the roof back down, strip the roof down to the sheathing. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for you to see if there has been failures, mm -hmm. right? You will never know if there have been failures or unless you're getting water leaks or water stains. Mm -hmm. um, and if you and just it allows go, you to fix some stuff. So absolutely. That it doesn't cause yeah, and you're, and you're not just kind of covering up the sins of the past, right? So in any time your roof, I'm a believer in stripping. Does it cost more money to do it that way? It does, mm -hmm. um, but it's standard practice. Mm -hmm. And most, if a roofer is encouraging you not to do that, I'd be talking to some other roofers, right? So strip to the sheathing, and it also then, and when you strip to the sheathing, allows you to put on uh, the proper oh, ice, substrates. Ice and water shield. Ice and water shield, right? Mm -hmm. um, in our market now, uh, we're in the New England area. We now use six feet of ice and water shield at the eaves. Um, we did not used to do that. We used to, Our normal procedure was three feet. Uh, but uh, ice damping problems, and depending on the severe winters and such, mm -hmm. Uh, we do that, and also in the valleys, we use the ice and water shield material, or on low slopes, we'll entirely cover low slopes with ice and water shield uh, to give us that extra level of protection, so that you know if there's a failure on the roofing shingle side of it, you, it doesn't end up being a failure down right, the road, right? Right. So, Which is actually not a not a bad idea, especially the six feet, because there's a lot of problem that have have. Uh, ice dam problems and they try and solve that with heat tape which by the way accelerates the right. aging of aging the roof. Aging your shingles kills your shingles, right? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So, so at any rate, um, thinking that through and then and then being mindful of when you make the choice to re-roof that you're going down to the sheathing is uh, is super smart. And um, I'm a, so the, the cost to lay the shingles is about the same regardless of what how much money you spend on the shingle. So, you're not going to you're not going to reduce the labor of the shingle lay. Your only real variable is like what the shingles cost, and I would encourage you uh, to invest more in the actual shingle itself, mm -hmm. right? Because well, that they just last longer. It reduces your cycle right. time, right? Your cycle time, you'll you'll roof the house one less time, and you may say, "Well, I'm not here that long; it's not my problem." Well, that's a different way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Fine, pass the problem on to somebody else. But if you're investing for the long term and you plan on being there for the long term, the better shingle will pay dividends. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's enough roofing for today. We're yep. going to jump into another topic in our next show. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for being with us today. I am Brenda Bryan. <laughs> you sounded unsure. Uh, sometimes I get confused. <laughs> and I am David Bryan. Thanks for I being age. with us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, leave us a review.